You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here at Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please just call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB's network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We've got a win. Got a nice win to go over today. On, uh, on on today's show. So we're going to talk about the offense. We'll talk about the pitching. And then, of course, we will get in to Throwback Thursday. And then we're going to talk about uh, Friday's show, too. Because Friday's show will be a uh, fun, nice little fun episode for everybody, I think. All right. Let's get in. Uh, let's just jump right into this game. Um, eight to six. Final. Your Detroit Tigers win this one against the Oakland A's. Six to eight. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, all right. Offense was clicking and it's interesting because we had literally just talked about on yesterday's show, right? The, um, the, uh, the fact that the offense has been struggling and the pitching has been really, really good the last like week. And then now today, the starting quote unquote pitching the bullpen was great today. Phenomenal, to be honest with you. Uh, some of the best bullpen work we've seen on the year. But the uh, starter and the starter turn reliever were not good. Uh, but then the offense carried and got us a win. We put up an eight-piece on the Oakland A's. Always good. So we bring this series to uh, to an even 1-1 there with the rubber match being played. Uh, there's a day game. For, for today's game, as you're listening to this. So the time you listen to this, you might already know uh, know the result. You might be binging Locked on Tigers and listening to, to yesterday's show right after the, the final result. Whatever. However you're listening to this. I don't know why that's a tangent I wanted to go on there. Um, recapping a win. Always good. So the offense as a whole, 10 hits. Drew quite a few walks, four walks as a team. That's a solid number. 14 base runners. We will gladly, gladly take that. Eight runs on 14 base runners is a very good number. Akil Badu back in the leadoff spot, two for four with two ribbies and a walk. Great game from Badu. OPS back up to 785. Thing of beauty. Get that thing back up to 800, baby. That's a... uh, and, And... they brought out some lefty relievers against him as well. So really, really impressive performance by Badu. Glad he's healthy again. Scopey goes one for five with an RBI. Um, oh, one of Badu's hits was also a homer. Great to see that. Um, Robbie Grossman goes 0 for two, but with two walks and uh, scoring one of those eight runs. So still a great day at the office for Robbie Grossman, man. I just, I love him so much. Oh, I love him so much. Robbie Grossman has my heart. Miguel Cabrera 
goes two for four with a home run as well. That'll be his 15th on the year and 502, I believe, of the career. Three RBIs, homer, two hits, beautiful day. OPS, we, we had just talked about his OPS dipped below 700, and now it's at 710 after one day. Absolute beauty. Uh, Jamer Candelario with another double, which now brings him to 37, which not only leads the American League, but leads all of baseball in doubles. He is on pace to, to be in the same breath as that Nick Castellanos 2019 with all of his doubles and and uh, in that category. So hitting a, hitting a boatload of doubles, a boatload. Jamer Candelario, love to see that. He goes one for three with a walk as well. And that's slugging percentage. We had Jamer's slugging percentage watch before the All-Star break to see if he could get above 400. It's now at a very respectable 425. A 351 OBP is very respectable too. Solid, solid uh, year from Jamer Candelario. And I hope that he just keeps racking up the doubles because it's, it's kind of fun at this point. And playing in Comerica, I'm sure I'm sure he uh, he won't slow down anytime soon, assuming he doesn't slump at the plate. Eric Haas goes over Harold Castro, the king. My king, Harold Castro. Three for four with a double and a home run. You want to talk about an extra base hit explosion from the dude who has I think this was his second homer of the year and and he barely has double digit extra base hits period and in one game he went three for four where of those three hits two of them were extra bases and one was even a homer the slugging percentage is now up to a a whopping 337 for Harold Castro you absolutely love to see that Nico Goodrum's first game back uh, we nailed it, by the way. We talked about in yesterday's show how the two extra roster spots for September call-ups were probably just going to be Willie Peralta and Nico Goodrum. And sure enough, that's exactly what they were. So we nailed it. Um, for the remainder of September, I don't know if it's going to be like a revolving door kind of a thing where, um, I don't know, I, I, I can't imagine them like forcing like Cody Clemens or someone like that up. I, I think I think we're probably just going to get this. We're probably just going to get, um, a, a, if there even is a revolving door of like names going in and out, it's probably still going to remain just people that we've seen this year. I, I really don't expect any, any, like the most exciting person you may see, I guess, is Isak Paredes. Like Paredes may come up I guess there's a chance at that him coming up at at some point and and possibly uh getting a few games under his belt maybe when the minor league season ends they call Paredes up so he can keep getting work I don't know it'll be interesting to see but for the time being and and certainly while while uh Toledo is still in season uh, I think it's probably just going to be those two I don't really expect some like fun ending or fun uh, call up or acquisition or anything like that and then in the nine hole we have Derek Hill he goes one for four and one of his outs was a very hard hit ball loving what we're seeing from Derek Hill the uh, the OPS is at 728 
not like blow me away fantastic by any stretch, but with his speed and defense that he that that value that he provides in center field on on the base pass and and in center, uh, I think most people would would at this point gladly take a 274 hitter with a 730 OPS. I, I think that most people would would gladly take that out of him, and I would gladly take that out of him. So uh, no complaints from me. That's about it for the offense. A really really solid performance, and we had been talking about how the last week or so, right, had just been constant, like not being able to to get too much ahead in counts and and really just digging ourselves in holes and not working the count at all not getting any walks swinging early just not very competitive ab's and tonight was the polar opposite top to bottom uh outside of maybe eric haas like all all every and even haasy i mean even some a couple of his at bats were really just the entire lineup was was fantastic in that sense really really drawn out ab's trying to go as, as deep into the count as possible. The A starter had 83 pitches at the end of the fourth inning. Just great all around. E- even the bullpen arms. I mean, I mean, Jeffries at the end of the game had, I think, almost a 20-pitch final inning there as well for the A's. So really, really solid inning. Uh, and, yeah, we're playing spoilers a little bit. The A's obviously right in the middle of a, of a wild card chase. And, uh, yeah. They got to get through the Tigers first, baby. All right, let's get into uh, this pitching just absolute train wreck that was uh, starting pitching performance by by the uh, – not it, – it wasn't that bad. I mean, we got the win, whatever. But really just off the wall, crazy stuff happened. So we'll get into the pitching here. But first, we got to talk about Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, the confusion, Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies based on package. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Bentley Scotty for uh, updates and all that kind of stuff. Fun in-game tweets as well. I'm, I'm good for an occasional one of those. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into this pitching because it was wild. So Willie Peralta comes off the IL and starts, right? Starts immediately. Um, wasn't that serious of an injury in the first place. I think it was just like a, a blister or something. So no super long rehab stint needed for him. Uh, just right back into the into the rotation. And he wasn't he wasn't bad by any stretch. Four innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. Willie Peralta is not going to be someone that gets you strikeouts, similar to Jose Urania, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, not not a big strikeout pitcher by any stretch. So him coming in, giving you four innings and of ended up giving up three total runs, but only two of them earned. Not you know, 
five base runners in four innings, not the end of the world. I've said it a million times. What Willie Peralta has done this year is already like tenfold what he was asked to do coming into the season. He went on that nice little stretch in in June. Uh, I think it was June. June, yeah. Nice little stretch in June where he was actually really, really productive. And with all the injuries we've had is now a guy that is just giving us solid, solid enough outings where he can go three to five innings, not give up a, not have the other team blow us out, keep us in games. And that's really, again, that's really all we can ask for out of him, considering we signed him to a minor league deal before the season just for organizational depth and had no intention of him pitching every fifth day by like before the halfway mark in the season being part of this every fifth day rotation. So we will uh, we'll gladly take it. Not not a bad outing at all. The interesting thing was then Jose Urania comes into the game, which is interesting. Uh, he, he had a short outing, what was that, two days ago? He had a short outing in his first start back from, from the IL. Okay, so he's back as well. Also not a guy that's going to get you a lot of strikeouts. The difference is we paid him $3 million for a major league contract and was in the opening day rotation and has not been very good. Uh, he was good for, what was it, like like mid-April to mid-May or something. There was a little stretch there where he was like pretty solid, I remember. Um, but really not, not a great year from Urania at all. And it's just interesting to me that with all of the injuries pitching-wise that we've had, uh, and and mostly in the starting rotation, but now that Boyd is back and and all that, like we're starting to get, and and Willie Peralta is back, you know, as we're starting to fill that rotation back up again. Um, Jose Urania coming out of the pen is interesting to me. So he goes two innings, six hits, three runs, no walks, one strikeout. So the thing about Urania is he is a he is to an extreme almost a ground ball pitcher. He's going to go out there, and his job is to induce as many ground balls as humanly possible. And it's been successful, admittedly, a couple of times this year. We saw it in that White Sox game earlier in the year where he caused like ninety seven hundred ground balls. Like like there is. That, like when he's on, it, it is possible to be successful that way. Um, but he also has a 6.15 ERA on the year and gave up three three runs and six hits in two innings uh, tonight. So not fantastic work out of the bullpen by any stretch. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what we use him as. I don't know. I mean, like, is Tyler Alexander really going to stay in this rotation? Or I guess maybe he's not needed. Maybe Alexander's going back to the pen and it'll be the three kids, Willie and Boyd. I really don't know. I don't know what where Jose Urania's role rides. Uh, rides? Where his role resides. I think that's what I was trying to say. We're going to go with that. I'm not really sure what his role is going to be the remainder of the year. Very, very interesting and something that's gonna we're gonna have to keep an eye on. It's not that big of a deal because in a month he'll never pitch for this organization again. But it, it is just interesting as someone again who was given a, a bigger contract than is getting paid more than anyone else in the rotation besides Matthew Boyd. 
Like he's literally our, our second highest paid starter. Uh, as someone who has that title to his name, um, to to be delegated, for lack of a better term, to the to the bullpen and be like piggyback starting when our starters can't go six innings is an interesting role. Especially you're bringing someone out of the pen that is not a strikeout guy. You're bringing someone in out of the pen that's going to give up a lot of contact. That's also really interesting. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Jose Urania is going to get weird. <laughs> the remainder of the season for him is going to be weird. Um, and then the rest of the bullpen was fantastic. Literally as good as you could possibly be. Besides, like, Sands striking out every single batter the rest of the game, they three different pitchers, three perfect innings. Joe Jimenez gets the seventh. Uh, no strikeouts, but no hits. Perfect inning. Jose Cisnero goes out there. One strikeout, perfect inning. Gregory Soto goes in for the save. Two strikeouts, perfect inning. Some of the best we've seen Gregory Soto look in quite some time. Noteworthy. He came out with the long pants. No high socks for Gregory Soto today. Very, very interesting. The first thing I noticed when he uh, when he came out of the pen. No high socks. Very, very interesting. So we have uh, we fantastic work out of the pen. And Joe Jimenez, ERA down to 5.72, well below 6 now, continues to be relatively solid since the All-Star break. Very, very, very impressive work. And then Cisnero and, and Soto continue to be the, the workhorses at the back of the pen that uh, – that that we all well we all love Cisnero. I, I know that we all some of you have have become way too frustrated with Gregory Soto. This is a this is a guy in his second full season of Major League Baseball, like second full season as a back end reliever, and uh, is is what twenty six. And uh, 27, whatever. Um, and is when he struggles, he's struggling for a game that's almost 10 games for a team that's almost 10 games under 500. Okay. It's all right. He's going to figure it out. I have faith. In Fetter, we trust. And in Greg, we trust. All right. A uh, lot of home runs hit in general in this game between our pitching and uh, and our. What am I trying to say? Our pitching and our hitting, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, we carried the load. Badu, Castro, and Cabrera all with homers. And then uh, Starling Marte with a homer for the A. Some rumors flying around about Marte to the Tigers as well. We can get into that uh, this offseason. We'll have a lot of fun offseason content to talk about. Plenty. And then somebody added me and said, Harold Castro, death. <laughs> When's the Harold Castro episode? So I'm glad that you guys are holding me to that. I want to be held to that. I want a Harold Castro episode this offseason. Need it. Need it. Need it. All right. Let's get into uh, Throwback Thursday, and then we'll do some programming stuff because we got a fun episode tomorrow. First, though, got to talk to everybody about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are going to football. Gridiron. Football season. It's back. Always Bet online is your number one spot for all the pro college action this off season, or not off season, this baseball off season, this football regular season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half a million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL survivor contest. Open now 
at BetOnline. Head to the website or, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100%, no longer 50, your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo as well using, pro, blah, blah, using promo code NFL100. That's where you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also got to talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. We all know I love me some rockauto.com. This episode's brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of make and models, it's now impossible for your chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. It's impossible. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to send 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back for segment three, and it is Thursday, which means we have a fun segment of how, no, I almost did the Red Wings one again. Sorry, Nolan, of throwback Thursday. All right, let's get into it, okay? MLB debut, July 21st, 2004, for the Detroit Tigers. Last MLB appearance, September 30th, 2007, for the Washington Nationals. Career statistics, 268 batting average, two career homers, and 56 RBIs. Only played for the Tigers and the Nationals was a Tiger in 04 and 05 and a National in 06-07. Also played for the Newark Bears in 2010. And kind of a last hurrah kind of a thing there. Also played for the uh, Dodgers minor league in 2008, but didn't even make it through the entire season uh, and was cut. Okay, let's start at the beginning. So he started, he attended uh, Copia Lincoln, I believe is how that's pronounced, Community College, and made his major league debut, like I said, on July 21st, 2004. With the Detroit Tigers against the Kansas City Royals, and he was named the Tigers Rookie of the Year in 2004. The Tigers Rookie of the Year in 2004 was out of baseball by 2007. Wild. Uh, his first name is Xavier. Okay? His first name is Xavier. That's another hint. Okay, um, so he goes through, goes through 2004 and 2005. Uh, he's a speed demon, no power center fielder. Um, 
Yeah, and that, that's kind of what he does. Speed demon, very fast on the base paths, uh, bunted a lot, horrible slugging percentage. One, literally one of the worst slugging percentages for like an everyday starter you'll see. Um, and tore it up in the base pass, played center field, had the speed. Um, then we go to the offseason of 05 into 06. Okay. The Tigers tell him that there is a competition for center field because we have this young up-and-coming center fielder by the name of Curtis Granderson. And Curtis Granderson beats him out. But he and uh, okay, so Curtis Granderson beats him out. Right? We all know 2006, Curtis. Yeah, woohoo. Curtis beats him out, and Xavier um, immediately gets hurt when he when he goes down to uh, to I think he went straight to Erie, actually. I don't even think he played in Toledo. Regardless, he gets hurt right when he goes to the minors, has an injury riddled season, is then DFA'd. On August 29th, 2006, by the Tigers, and on September 1st, was traded to the Washington Nationals when he asked the Tigers for a trade because Curtis Granderson beat him out on the job. Um, he goes to Washington, and that year, Major League Baseball recognized Xavier as the fastest player in all of MLB. He would actually bat 300 for the Washington Nationals. Crazy. Batted 300. 2007, I mean, that's, you know, not a not a full, that's a, what, a month? So, you know, take that as you will. But still, pretty cool. Played a good defensive center fielder, apparently, according to the eye test as well. In 2007, he was the opening day center fielder for the Nationals. He injured his foot. On opening day, and it would be out for over a month. He'd hit 265, slumped a little bit, um, and yeah, that he had no power. It was all slap singles and speed. They got tired of it, just like we got tired of it. Um, went in and, and wanted to get more power at the position. Became a free agent in 2007. Okay, now still relatively young, still got some speed, still a, a possible career here as you know a fourth outfielder utility outfielder whatever but then the problem is december of 2007 the mitchell report everyone remember the the mitchell report the big ass report that came out during winter meetings of 2007 where uh just just dropped a list of a ton of names of players that were using peds and Xavier here was one of those people. He would also admit to using HGH, uh, which was banned by Major League Baseball, when he was trying to recover from injuries. 2008 comes along, signs a minor league deal with the Dodgers, thinks that maybe he has a chance, doesn't, off the team on, uh, on, by like June of that year. Goes and plays independent ball for the rest of 2008. 
and then signs with the Newark Bears, continues to play indie ball in 2010. And yeah, and then he would come out and say that the Mitchell report was the reason, or a big reason, I guess you would say, that um, he had trouble finding a job afterwards. No mention of the fact that his slugging percentage would be a bad batting average, but <laughs> I, I guess, I guess that's, that's pro- with the amount of speed he had, like he could be a, like a Gerard Dyson, whatever, Billy Hamilton role. So I guess he might have a gripe there, but um, yeah, you're, you're going to have to hit for more than a single. Well, I guess Harold Castro can do it. Anyone can do it. So there he is. Okay. Uh, I think that's all the hints I have. Yeah. I think that's all the hints. All right. This is, of course, Nook Logan. First name is actually Xavier. This is something that I didn't know. Uh, Nook Logan was one of my favorite players when I was little. And I did not know that his first name was actually Xavier. Nook Logan. Absolute legend. Has some uh, has some uh, some highlights. Has some lowlights out there as well. But, but has some highlights. Um, was he, did he get fooled by a hidden ball trick in Washington or there was something like that? Maybe it wasn't a hidden ball trick, but like there was some like really bad base running error he made. I feel like that kind of made its way around when he was a national. Anyway, Nook Logan, the answer to your throwback Thursday, and that'll do it for our show on, uh, what's, what's today? Thursday. That'll do it for Thursday's show. Thank you for listening tomorrow. Uh, Friday's show is going to be a crossover with the host of Locked On Reds. And we're going to take a look at the ser- at the uh, series going forward. And then on top of that, kind of talk about the state of both of our teams and all that. Because the Reds are actually right in it. And we can uh, talk about our good friend, Nicholas Castellanos. So uh, we'll, we'll have some fun there. That'll be Friday's show. Thank you guys for listening. Before I send you on your way, got to talk to you about Locked On Bets. Betting on baseball, MLB, the Tigers. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blot specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow with Locked On Reds. Go Tigers, baby.